Corporate profits are soaring, but can it last? Here's what matters. Live from our respective coronavirus social distancing outposts, I'm Lauren Goodwin. And I'm Robert Sarenbet. And this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we, the strategists at New York Life Investments, will share insights from the multi-asset solutions team. What we think matters as we manage investment solutions. That includes Mainstay's Income Builder Fund and the rest of the Diversified Portfolio Series, as well as bespoke solutions for our partners. By sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everybody. It's the week of May 10th, 2021, and it's a very exciting week because we're actually both live to you from Brooklyn, New York, only temporarily, but so much fun to have Robert back in the city. And today we're going to look at some of the trends behind U.S. earnings growth and how they're booming despite some shifting in investment trends. This is a really important topic because corporate profits drive equity market performance over the long term. And this should make sense if you consider that investing in a stock is actually investing in a share of the company's future profits. Right. And trying to figure out where profits are going is a big part of investing. And right now you don't have to look very far to see where profits are growing. It's basically everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it sounds trite, but according to FactSet, just in the first quarter of this year alone, that's the quarter that companies are reporting for right now or wrapping up reporting for, 86% of the S&P 500 has reported a positive surprise in earnings per share. That's the highest since data began in 2008. And with roughly 10% of S&P 500 companies left to report, meaning 90% already have, net profit margins are on track to record a record high this quarter. And wait for it, not quite done. The blended earnings growth rate for the S&P 500 is 45.8%. That's the highest year-on-year earnings growth rate recorded really, not ever, but in a really long time, certainly since uh, 2010 and through the post-financial crisis environment. Now, these growth figures are admittedly based on a low base, the middle of the pandemic. But I think the really impressive part of the environment right now is just how quickly things are getting back to normal and how fast economic and corporate data is rebounding. Exactly. Looking ahead to the second quarter, and that's the quarter that we're in right now, Analysts expect that we'll see the highest increase in S&P 500 earnings estimates since 2002, so close to 20 years. This is super significant. Usually, analysts revise down estimates as we approach a quarter, not up. -up Bottom-up estimates for these corporations, they just keep moving higher. And that's helped support the value of the stock market. Right. One way investors assess the market is by looking at the earnings for a company and the price that investors are willing to pay for just $1 in earnings evaluation. So given today's profitability, the earnings and the valuation, one could reasonably justify a price target of 4,600 on the S&P 500 by 2022. Wow, 4,600 is a really, really high number. I'll just point out that that's a hypothetical example. But in that hypothetical example, using these estimates that are out there in the world, you'd still have to see earnings continue to grow, right? Yeah, that's right. That would actually be another 8% profit growth this year, and then 12% profit growth the year following. All else equal, that's a lot of growth, and it raises some big questions for investors. 
like can profit growth continue? And will valuations stay the same? Now, in order to answer that first question about profit growth, we're going to go back to the good old macro to markets playbook and think about some leading indicators. At least that's what we're doing on our multi-asset solutions team. Oh boy, it's story time. (laughs) We'll keep it simple. The general idea is that some data tend to give us clues as to what the economy and markets will look like moving forward. And in this case, one of the important leading indicators of where the economy and markets could go next is how are businesses feeling? And so far, these surveys suggest that businesses are feeling great about improvements in the economy. Not everything is great, but when we look at purchasing managers indices, one of the surveys that we really like to examine as a leading indicator, these are at or even near record highs for how businesses are feeling things are going compared to previous months. Okay, so a little bit of background for our listeners. PMIs are a diffusion indicator, meaning that the index aggregates survey data and examines whether the components or individual questions that are asked of companies are trending upward or downward. Is it getting better for this company or is it getting worse? That means that for purely mathematical reasons, these indicators are likely to be lower moving forward. The company's conditions just can't be getting better than the best level ever forever into perpetuity. But that doesn't necessarily mean that conditions are worsening. We do expect to see strong survey data for much of this year. If you put that into context of what we've seen in the market so far, probably the biggest reacceleration in data and profits is behind us. So if you think about the change in attitude towards the economy and markets from before vaccination announcements to then after vaccination announcements, that was the big move. And that has already happened. But that doesn't mean that economic growth or the opportunity for markets is over or that it's already peaked. We could still see some pretty strong data and and surveys like we've been discussing over the coming year. And that's not least because we still have a lot of government support for this economy, which contributes to higher savings rates, gives folks more money to spend. It results in a recovering labor market and businesses as well, because they have this optimistic attitude, will spend more on investments. And that's a pretty constructive perspective for the economy, even if we've already seen some of the biggest moves forward. Okay, so earlier I brought up a second question about this, about valuations. And this one requires some sentiment investigation. How are investors feeling about the broader macro environment and the likely impending costs that are associated with growth, like higher taxes, higher inflation, and higher interest rates? Anecdotally, what we're hearing on earnings calls from management teams is that they're not quite as exuberant as this positive data that we're seeing. And this might be a warning signal for things to turn a little less positive in the months ahead. That brings us to our portfolio pause, a segment of the program where we share an investment idea. And today we'll focus on where exactly to find profit growth. As we move from recovery to expansion and PMIs stay elevated, the easy gains in profits will arguably be harder to come by. One way to find profit growth is through the rotation trade that we've talked so much about in the past several weeks. In this case, even with economic data that's peaking, again, we think it will stay high, but might be peaking, it's not too late to buy cyclicals in value. There's still time. Cyclicals with strong fundamentals and positive earnings momentum should continue to outperform throughout 2021 and even into early or mid-2022 before we see a significant decrease in these leading indicators. Investors should look no further than the details of this season's earnings for an example of that specific trend. 
Companies that have a high share of foreign revenue exposure, and this is mostly tech companies, have delivered especially outstanding results in the first quarter. That's in part a sign of very good business models that are still benefiting from the pandemic trends, but it's also a sign that the growth recovery is not just limited to the U.S., but indeed is increasingly synchronized across much of the world. However, despite these outstanding earnings, the S&P 500 companies with high foreign revenue that make a lot of money overseas have not outperformed the broader U.S. market year to date which means that investors are identifying other drivers of the market, so cyclical sectors or other factors, to find their performance for their portfolios. Now, with the biggest acceleration in profits behind us, this may mean that choosing the opportunities and specifically which companies are providing active opportunities may require active management. We think it's an environment where stock pickers could outperform. Companies with positive earnings revisions continue to lead the market. As the macro environment stabilizes, we believe that the beta rally will continue to lose steam. The riskiest companies won't perform as well. Then the reopening trade will take precedent, but will likely slow as well. And investors should find that fundamental stock picking becomes more effective for a portfolio. Coming up next... I'm looking at the inflation data this week because it's difficult to square all the good news that we have from the economy and markets with what was a disappointing labor market report last week. Now, what that likely means is that the bar for meeting substantial progress towards the Fed's goals has moved higher than it would have been if we had had a blowout report, which is what folks expected. But investors are going to be watching this data more closely than ever, trying to get a sense of when we can expect this policy accommodation to stay with us or maybe start moving away. We expect it still won't be until later this year. That is the important data for this week, but it's also importantly the tax deadline set by the IRS that was extended. Now, this is only really a matter for procrastinators like me who still haven't filed their taxes, but it could also matter for markets given that sometimes tax deadlines prompt volatility, especially in years where there's significant gains and investors need to sell more assets to pay some of their capital gains taxes. Well, that's it for today. We'll be back next week with more Market Matters. Let us know what matters to you. If you have a question or topic of interest, reach out to us on social media. That's right. You can send us your questions or highlight what matters to you by finding us on LinkedIn. You can also follow our views on the new website. It's newyorklifeinvestments.com and click the insights tab. Until then, I'm Robert Sarenbetz. And I'm Lauren Goodwin. See you next time. Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamont, and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I'll now read our disclosures from compliance. For more information about Mainstay Funds, call 1-800-624-6782 for a prospectus or summary prospectus. Investors are asked to consider the investment objectives, risks, and charges and expenses of the investment carefully before investing. The prospectus or summary prospectus contains this and other information about the investment company. Please read the prospectus or summary prospectus carefully before investing. There's no assurance that the investment objectives will be met. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as of a specific date. It is subject to change 
information is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is a service mark and name under which New York Life Investment Management LLC does business. New York Life Investments is an indirect subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company, New York, New York 10010, and provides investment advisory services and products. New York Life Distributors LLC is located at 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302. New York Life Distributors LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.